Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology today. I'm so grateful to be here with you. I'm so thankful to be your host. I'm glad you're here. We're going to be looking today at one of the more famous themes in all of history, and that's the Holy Grail, also known as the um, Holy Chalice. And some people have begun parsing this. I know Wikipedia has. The Holy Grail would go into Arthurian legend, then Holy Blood, Holy Grail, that it's the bloodline of Jesus. Holy Chalice itself would be the cup Jesus drank from. And so, let's get started. Pretty fascinating. I've studied this for years, read J.R. Church's book on that. I never completed Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And then, uh, um, I remember there was a book of the Antichrist and a cup of tea. I forget who wrote that. Anyhow, um, let's get started again. Thanks for being here. So the first thing, we're going to look at some medieval relics about this and then get into three current uh, possibilities. I know Haley in his Haley Bible Handbook, which I really like, has a possibility he really thinks could be it. And we're going to mention some of that here. And so this all goes back to did Joseph Arimathea actually make it to the UK with Mary Magdalene? Did he go to France? So on and so forth. So medieval relics in the account of Arkulf, a 7th century Anglo-Saxon pilgrim. So this is 600 ADs. You got to remember, I mean, that's a long, that'd be like going backwards. This would be in the 1400s. This would be before the printing press. This would be before Columbus. So we tend to think, oh, that's pretty close to the first century, but it's a long way away. Mention is made of a chalice venerated as one used in the Last Supper in a chapel near Jerusalem. This is the only mention of the veneration of such a relic in the Holy Land. Now, St. Helena supposedly found a lot. I need to do a podcast on Helena's journey into the Holy Land because it's pretty fascinating because, I, you know, I was basically in Bible school taught it was all hooey, for lack of a better term. You know, since then, I've learned that she went and a lot of local legends, especially in those days, did persist for centuries. And some of them did have some basis of truth. So can't just throw the entire baby out with the bathwater. I just wrote myself a note to do a podcast on Helena's journeys at some point. So the grail became interwoven with the legend of the Holy Chalice. Um, Two artifacts were claimed to be the Holy Chalice in Western Christianity in the later medieval period. The first is the Santo Caliz, an agate cup cathedral in Valencia, purportedly from around the first century AD and celebrated by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, two thousand six, as the most famous chalice. Valencia's Holy Chalice is the object most commonly identified as a claimant to being Holy Grail. The second is the Sacro Catina in Genoa Cathedral, a flat dish made of green glass, recovered from Caesarea in 1101. It was not identified as a holy chalice until much later, towards the end of the 13th century. A couple hundred years almost later, looking at the Valencia chalice, um, it is extraordinarily beautiful. 
and uh, then the Genoa chalice as well. And uh, Pope John Paul II celebrated Mass with the Holy Chalice in Valencia, November 1982. And he referred to it as a witness to Christ's passage on earth. And uh, so obviously they think that it's something like that. Then you have the Chalice of Dona Uraca. The Chalice of Dona Uraca is an artifact kept in the Basilica of San Isidora of Leon, Spain. The connection of this artifact to the Holy Grail was made in the 2014 book Los Reyes de Grail, which develops the hypothesis that this artifact has been taken by Egyptian troops during the invasion of Jerusalem and the looting of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, then given by the Emir of Egypt to the Emir of Denea. In the 11th century, gave it to the kings of Leon in order for them to spare the city in the Reconquista. I wonder if that's where, isn't there a group called the Kings of Leon that used to be like Pentecostal pastor son or something? Sitting here looking as well that uh, what is, the, it's a historical province in Alicante, Spain, is that's where Denia is. The Antioch Chalice, that's the one, if I'm not mistaken, that Haley really put some faith in. The silver gilt object originally identified as an early Christian chalice is in the collection of the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. It's apparently made at Antioch in the early 6th century, and it's a double cup construction with an outer shell of cast metal openwork enclosing a plain silver inner cup. It was first recovered in Antioch in 1910. It was touted as the Holy Chalice, an identification of the Metropolitan Museum characterizes as ambitious. It is no longer identified as a chalice, having been identified by experts. The Walters Art Museum in Baltimore, Maryland, believed to be a standing lap of a style of the 6th century. The thing is, is the cup on the inside, they thought that the silver chalice that held the, the silver cup on the inside would have been what Jesus drank and that this was just something that held that. And so then the Nantius cup. The Nantius cup is a medieval wood maser bolt held for many years at Nantius uh, Mansion Ridfilian near Aberystwyth in Wales. It's recorded as having been attributed miraculous powers of healing in the late 19th century. Tradition apparently held it to have been made from a piece of the true cross at the time, but it came to be identified as a holy chalice in the early 20th century sitting here looking at it. I have no clue. Here's the deal you've got. Is, did, um, okay, when Jesus drank that night, okay, all the disciples then leave. He's washed their feet. They sing a hymn. They begin walking to the garden. Um, somebody get the chalice or did it belong to the owner of the upper room there most probably, most likely um, was he even in attendance at the last supper he let them use the upper room the disciples, but Jesus, but was he there or would he have just washed it and gone his way would he have suspected, I mean maybe he's like, well that happened to Passover it's just tough I, I don't know um, 
would he have thought to keep it as an heirloom, pass it down? Um, it's it's very interesting archaeologically. So is it possible? You know, I would say this is one of the more probable ones that it did exist. But I again, I don't think our faith should be in any way associated with it. I, I look at it purely as uh, um, something, an object that claims to be from archaeology and does it exist? So I think it's possible. I'm not sure if any of these are in any way it, you know, the closest to me would be the Antioch chalice. I know it's been identified as a lamp. Um, I'm not, you know, then you have to say, well, did the people identifying it as a lamp, were they objective, on and on and so forth. Is it really a lamp? So anyhow, well, God bless you. Thank you for being here with us. And uh, join us daily. Pray for us. And uh, share with your friends, family, church, family, neighbors, and let them come in on Biblical Archaeology Today. And uh, again, did I mention pray for us? And uh, anything you'd like to give, please give. It all goes in the work of the Lord. You can go to tithe.ly at New Life of Albany. We usually don't ask for donations, but every so often we will. And we'll talk with you later. God bless you. Bye-bye.